It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Good evening, everybody. Now, that's not a greeting you're used to hearing at the beginning of that intro. And, yes, there's a name missing there. Yeah. But, first, my partner in crime... The man on my left, or is it my right? I don't know. It's Mr. Dave AC. Hello, Dave. I'm lost already. I mean, do they not give you a map of these places? Uh, no. Hi, Ian. Hi, hi, hi. Yes, we're here for a special reason, but we'll get to that. And our third wheel, but the most important one, because it keeps us balanced. Oh, that's a nice intro, isn't it? It's Mr. Randall. Oh, hello, Mike. Hello, I'm the sober one. <laughs> now you know why we kept balanced. <laughs> Otherwise, we're just staggering down the street. We're doing a studio show. I know, they only happen every now and then. But yes, we're uh, in the Colton studio. And uh, the intro you heard at the beginning is because I don't have a Colton studio intro recorded yet. Shame on me. But we have a very special guest joining us today. And we have got a very special topic. Now, as you know, Dave and I have been planning for a long time to go to Galley. And we still haven't gone there yet. I call it the price oh. of wine problem. Uh, <laughs> but tonight, joining us on live on the Colton Collective podcast is Mr. Cuddly Ken, who has been to many a galley. So he will be our guest tonight and uh, be filling us in on everything that's happened in the past, present, and future of galley. Hello, Ken. Hello, Ian. Hello, Dave. And hello, Mike. Glad to be in the Cultum studio. Feeling really? especially cuddly tonight. There you go. Yes, it's, it's that, the nice throw pillows that we have on the couch. It <laughs> <laughs> make it extra cuddly. Give me another glass of that wine. That'll, that'll get there me going. Go. <laughs> All right, but yes, as I said, um, Ken's just uh, recently returned uh, from Galley. And um, we live, like to live vicariously through people. And so we thought we'd get Ken in here to have a bit of a chat about the goings-on at Galley this year and uh, maybe a look back at, uh, at previous years. I guess you could say, Ken, it's, it's the mecca of Doctor Who fans. I think even in, in, uh, in the UK, it's, it's the convention you, get, you, you at some point have to go to. Yes, it, it didn't start out that way. It was by a happy accident in the, the wilderness years. Previously... Any local convention, at least someone in the Los Angeles area, would go to, to San Jose. There was a notable convention for years called TimeCon. 
And that's where I started involvement with the local L.A. group, the Time Meddlers. And there I saw Tom Baker, which was a thrill, um, being that I got into Doctor Who a little before the 20th anniversary. I used to see some of the Pertwee episodes with the Howard De Silva introductions on a local station that was broadcast rather fuzzily. But then when our local PBS station, KCET, uh, started uh, showing Doctor Who at the 20 years with the, with the five doctors, and then there was a Saturday where they showed Pyramids of Mars, Santarin Experiment, and Genesis of the Daleks, and I was hooked. That got me. Gallifrey, it, it was founded in 1989, the, the year wow. Doctor Who left our screens, um, by members of uh, the Southern California fan organization, Time Meddlers. Um, out, outgrowth of that, I have to uh, nod the hat, and you'll hear these names frequently, to part of the, the two people really instrumental in a lot of it, uh, Sean Lyon and uh, Robbie Berger, who, um, they're the main co-chairs of uh, Gallifrey Conventions. I, I like to think of it kind of like um, one body, two different hands. Sean is public relations and programming. Uh, Robbie is uh, the mind and everything else going. And those early days, it was run on her credit card. Uh, the joke goes. But uh, the first Gallifrey started in 1990, and it was in the Los Angeles Hilton. And we had John Pertwee, John Nathan Turner, John Levine, and Ronald Moore. When he was just, the lineup for a first time. Not the yeah, really nice. Didn't have a lot of people. Those wow. days, we were lucky if we broke 600 people. It even went less than that. That's how it went, like, for years. Um, it was like a struggle of definitely didn't make money back. And it's a nonprofit uh, convention by fans for fans. So give you a little of my history on it. Um, yeah. I had my own business, first is mail order, then my own store called Ambrosia Books and Collectibles and all kinds of wonderful things with a uh, primary selection of Doctor Who. I was kind of known as the West Coast site for Doctor Who. Before Internet, before a lot of that, you know, it was kind of well-known, you know, even, you know, in England. You know, people, you know, people came to me. And part of that also was I, you know, represented at the convention um, with my own uh, dealer's tables. And I was on the committee and helped to run the dealer's room. Very proud to be part of the convention. Did that for 22 of the 23 years. Then last year they had organizational changes. Things had to change within the convention. And I decided I'm going to do something never did before. I'm going to go as a fan. I'm going to, uh, you know, not sell at the convention. And I might, might leave it that way for a while. I don't know. But it, it's a whole different perspective and a lot of fun because I've gone to, like, 
you know, the creation conventions, different ones, megacons, etc. But Gallifrey's unique, and I never gone to a convention like this. I mean, being a part of or going to it, it, it it's it's amazing. I think probably in England they'd have some aspects of that with some of the the one day conventions that Dave's probably gone through, whether the the more little in, more intimate, etc. But if you went to San Diego to see David Tennant and you stood there uh, for eight hours and you're in the back of a room, my feeling is why bother just watch it on YouTube? Mm. But at but Gallifrey, you can be uh, at the bar and you'll have Fraser Hines sitting next to you and maybe you'll buy him a drink. And he'll chat about something with you, and it's non-pretentious. And it, there's a big, wonderful tradition at Gallifrey. Uh, it's called LobbyCon. So besides the convention, are people just hanging out in the lobby, enjoying the free Wi-Fi, and each other, meeting people, uh, exchanging ribbons. That, that's a big thing at Gallifrey, the exchange of ribbons, badge ribbons. And... It's, it's a wonderful party of people with shared interests that's grown. Now it's going to be going to its 25th year. So this year was the 24th Gallifrey, the 24 hours of Gallifrey one, and it primarily celebrated the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. But just to show you just some of the ones in the past, first one, like I said, John Pertwee, John Nathan Turner, John Levine, Ronald Moore. Second one, Sylvester McCoy, Deborah Watling, Richard Franklin, Larry Niven, Barbara Hambly. And the third one, Nick Courtney, Sophie Aldred, David Gerald, Judith and Garfield Reeve Stevens. Fourth one, Nicola Bryant, Fraser Hines, J. Michael Straczynski. The, in 1984, the, the fifth convention, Colin Baker, Terrence Dix, Barry Letts, John Levine, Forrest J. Ackerman. The sixth one, Peter Davidson, Philip Siegel, uh, John Levine, Nigel Bennett, Harry Harrison. Interesting things saying about Philip Siegel. Gallifrey was kind of the testing ground, cheerleading section for the Doctor Who TV movie. Saw the sketches, Philip Siegel... Uh, promoted it there, and so uh, through, through the time of working on till till it was on the air, were those, um, those years, we, we got to uh, know about it beforehand. Um, then, in 1986, Sylvester McCoy, again, Sophie Aldred, John Levine, Patricia Tallman, Richard Hurd, um, the eighth one, Annika Wills. Michael Craze, Philip Siegel again, Julie Caitlin Brown, uh, Yi Jae So, Robert Hewitt Wolf from uh, Deep Space Nine, and then on and on, um, Wendy Padbury uh, was there, Daphne Ashbrook has been back several times. She Peter used to Gabe. love it there. <laughs> um, Bonnie Langford uh, came in 2001, and she did her one-woman show, her cabaret show. Uh, she was incredible, uh, doing a, a wonderful assortment of songs 
from Broadway. Uh, it's uh, the show that she does in the West End and supporting the special charities that she works with. Um, Nick Carolyn Ford uh, was there in 2002. Uh, Peter Davison was back in 2003 with Colin Baker. So we had two doctors that year. Uh, Virginia Hay from Farscape, Catherine Lee Scott from Dark Shadows, and from the world of comics, Mark Wolfman and Len Wein. In 2004, Paul McGann and Sylvester McCoy, Janet Fielding, E.J. So, the entire cast of the TV movie plus Paul Darrow, Avon from Blake 7. Then, oh, 2005, uh, Elizabeth Slayton was there, mm-hmm. Katie Manning, Nick Courtney, Richard Franklin, Terrence Dix, Barry Letts, Robert Sherman, Paul Cornell. Now, just to go on from that year, uh, by 2005, had it already grown into a big event? Our, no, well, I mean, ha- yes and no, it was... It did not hit, from my memory, to over a thousand. I would say, until like two thousand seven or two thousand eight. The it with the new series being the new way. series uh, starting started to increase it. The perception starting, but uh, it would be about thirteen hundred. I would say, I I don't have the exact ones. Um, Past two, three years, like 2010, I think it got to about 2,800. 1,600, was it? Oh, right. Last year was 31, 3,200, something like that. And this year, first time ever, they had to cut it off. Mm. No more tickets sold after a certain time. And there were... if. I have the number right, um, 3,600 people, including guests. And this is going to be um, done again uh, next year. This is the new ceiling. Yeah, that's that. I assume while they're at the same venue, that has to be the fire regulation limit or something. It's not just that. It's this, this is something that when Sean at the opening ceremony came out, he packed packed house at the opening ceremony pointed out and says does, does now does everyone uh, everyone like that we had a ceiling on sales there was unanimous applause good when a convention can say you know we've reached that point where we can say this is this is a good spot you know and yeah, and, and not try and yeah. become the next you know much bigger convention yeah and don't, don't want to move <laughs> don't want to move doesn't want doesn't want it to change. It's like want it to be. I mean, right now it's kind of logistics. Um, it's so much work. I, I I've I've got to give credit so much to the committee chairs, the committee, the staff, the volunteers. The job they do is Herculean. It's unbelievable, and it's done totally out of love, totally for the attendees, for the fans. That's why they don't want it to move. This this hotel also, I mean, it's right by the airport. It's really convenient. It's beautiful. has three nice restaurants, great steakhouse, 
a bar that's open very late as from that winter weather the Brits must keep warm <laughs> and everyone else, yes. So, and, you know, it, it, it's also the home of uh, LOSCON, which is the L.A. Science Fantasy Society Convention, Anime Los Angeles. So they're, they're used to fans. The people at the, this, this hotel, they love us. It, it's not like, oh, God, here they come again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like they, they know us by first names after all these years. And we see the same staff members at the hotel year after year after year. Okay. So it, it's, it's, it's a nice familiarity, and it's, it, it, it's, it's a wonderful venue. I mean, that's, I mean that, that's why the, the, the ceiling is such a, a good idea, because it, it keeps that same atmosphere. And you know, if you don't get to go one year, then maybe you get to go the next. They were complaining, oh, no, why are you doing this? But it didn't sell out for about seven months. Right. Now... I'll, I'll say this early in, in the broadcast, and I'll say it later. March 8th at 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, tickets will go on sale online. I recommend to go to the Gallifrey website, which is www.gallifrey1one.com, which they'll have a link. And further information, it's already up for next year, which is um, Gallifrey One. It's uh, 14th to the 16th of February. Yes, 2014. 14th. Yes, it's Gallifrey One, 25 glorious years. Years, yeah. And it's 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 a play on the uh, Peter Haining book. Yep. Of the same name. And uh, I'm kind of almost interested in well. Not that, not that I'm never interested in going to Galley, but there's there's you know times where it's like, well, I mean I've met some Mr. so that was kind of, well, you know, I thought it's going to be there, I don't know, you know, um, but next year it's Colin. That's the icing on the cake for me. If if, if yes. it's like my doctor's going to be there, it's like, <sighs> Katie Manning, Bruno Langley, John Levine, and um, have you ever met Colin at a convention? No, I've only ever met one doctor. And, okay. Uh, okay. And I, I have, doctor. which uh, upsets Ian because I was supposed to do something and I didn't. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he was at uh, Hooverville when I went the, to. The kindest man you would ever want to meet. I, I'd say that him, both him, well, all of them I've met. Huh. Um, but I have special fondness for Sylvester and Colin. Just their warmth and embracing of fans. And I was so angry at the whole, what was done to him. I wrote letters, things, you know, it was just terrible. And it's such a nice thing how he's been embraced back to be the doctor to Big Finish. You know, it's something we thought we might have never seen, you know, back back in the day. He's gone, basically, to be the doctor, I think. He hoped he would be and and wanted to be, and you know that's the one thing that audio is. It's not let down by shoddy special effects or you know, yeah. uh, and 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 usually when you get you know, you don't get cruddy actors doing audio work. You usually get these fantastic voice actors coming in and doing these wonderful performances that you know. And so it's great that he's been able to go on and do that. I've actually got a photo album that I've had for probably 
what, uh, 20 years now that has photos that I bought from the UK of uh, him and Nicola uh, pose, ah. various different poses, uh, professional photo shots. I don't even know if the company exists anymore, but I've kept them in this album uh, in hopes that one day I will meet him and, and get them signed. Because ah. I don't want to sell them on eBay. I just want them signed. <laughs> ah. Ah. But we, we digress. We're talking more about me than we are about you. Um, um, I have to say something uh, to show you what uh, prince of a man that Colin is. Um, when I early aspect of my business, my business partner at the time, it all started, um, made handcrafted Doctor Who teddy bears. That was the linchpin in how the business started before it became a store. And one of those... Uh, was a six doctor bear and if you look in the book house transcendental toy box you'll see a picture of the bear in there i sent a picture of it to him and a heartfelt letter my sadness that he had lost you know his baby mm. you know to crib death um yeah. you know my, my condolences and to his family and sending my love to him out of the blue months later I get a signed photo, beautiful letter with this the traditional Colin Baker signature formed into a cat uh, <laughs> phrase from him. I cherish that so much, and this is you know he did, you know to personally do that, you know, and just so touched, and that's what I found. Um, at Gallifrey with these guests, yeah, they're there in their personas as as actors to fans. But there's a lot because the fans have the respect, and there those borders kind of break down. There's a real friendliness. It's a meeting of friends year after year that they will have a drink with you, that they will chat they'll go you know into the audience um Stephen Moffat doesn't come to galley because he's busy doing something else these days but he was a regular at the convention you know before he became the showrunner Russell Russell T Davies is known for not doing conventions it's just something that's not his style but he is a big supporter of the convention um, he's responsible for getting a lot of guests uh, for it, um, etc. And you know, very very aware. Like like you were saying that this this convention started as this little dream of some LA fan, and serendipity, luck, and a lot of love. It's continued, and it's now the foremost, longest running and biggest Doctor Who convention in the world. And no one ever thought that, you know. One, one of the things that strikes me is that I keep seeing in pictures is that, um, I guess you don't really see in a lot of conventions, is the couch. And to me, that kind of sums up the kind of, what seems to be, to me, the appeal of, of Galley, of this kind of, um, 
it's kind of like the cheers of convention. Everybody knows your name, and nobody's really a stranger, and everything seems quite comfortable. Yes. Uh, I guess we'll get into the, the, the nitty-gritties of it. I mean, is it very regimented as far as uh, at exactly this time we'll have this panel, and this time this person's going to be here? Or, I mean, of course, there's there's a certain programming going on, but it's, it, are things pretty free-flowing and and kind of, you know, there's a lot of free time in between things, or is everything quite tight and uh, and you've got to get to this room by this time, or you're going to miss out, kind of yeah. stuff. I, I mean that 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 is kind of important. It's, uh, I'll tell you some anecdotes to convention specific things. I'll go in <laughs> go into this one. Oh, that sounds good. Um, <laughs> um, a couple, couple special things. Oh, no, no, not those sort of stories. Oh, sorry. No, no. <laughs> Ooh, no, no, yeah, no, no. Well, I was, I was, I was pretty crazy at the karaoke there, but... Uh, ah, um, a karaoke man is. Yes. They, well, what do you like, like to sing? Karaoke. Yeah, we got to, I was there almost like three in the morning. Um, what, do, what do you like to sing? And what do you like to sing? What did I sing? What's your showpiece? It must, you, it must be my way. That's what they all Um I... I was going to sing Sweet Caroline, which is the name of a certain special person, and two people sang it before me. Oh. They already did Stars from Les Miserables, so they took one of my ones. They also did Master of the House, and I would have done that. I wound up doing Me and Bobby McGee, but it was the Joplin version rather than Christofferson, but I still Ooh. winged it pretty good. Um, I'll, I'll just... I guess kind of like this, you just wind me up, let me go, I'll do an hour or so. Well, just, just so you know, <laughs> that if, if I do make it out the gallery, expect to hear Eagle Eye Cherry's Safe Tonight and I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Okay. Okay, maybe I'll join you on, maybe I'll join you on that one. Ban him, ban him now. Use there's your a YouTube video somewhere now. out there. <laughs> there's, there's a YouTube video out there somewhere of me doing, uh, me doing I'm Too Sexy, by the way. <laughs> somewhere, a lot, somewhere, a lot of wiggling going on in that. Uh, I will be, a, I will uh -oh. be a fixture at uh -oh. that uh, at that karaoke that night. Yes, there was. There was uh, I, I'm wondering if we ought to ask Mike. Is he a karaoke sort of a guy? <laughs> I've got a feeling. I've actually never well. been. No. Sorry. Oh, we have. To, well, so, okay. There, there's the plan, Dave. We have to get yeah. uh, Mike to, to Gelly. And I was kind of harmonizing with again. alcohol and doing yeah. karaoke. <laughs> then again, my singing is legally classified as torture, so <laughs> oh. I don't think you would want that. <laughs> I was kind of uh, harmonizing with Tony Lee uh, with Master of the House. He was oh. he was belting out some good some good. Now, I met him. I met him at uh, Hurricane Who a couple of years back briefly met him. I mean, I'd seen him, he was up on the stage doing some stuff. Um, but at the closing ceremony, he walked up to me because I was wearing my Six Doctor coat. And he's like, you know, I've actually worn the, the the coat. I'm like, how did you do that? And he goes, well, I was, I was, you know, I met Colin and he had the coat and um, he says, I've always loved, he said, I'd always loved the coat. And Colin says, would you like to try it on? I'm like, and then he asked me if he could wear mine up on stage when for the closing oh. that means that means my coat will have touched the person who had touched the real coat so yes <laughs> and he did he ran up on the stage wearing my coat and he signed the inside of their TARDIS yeah. where if I did uh. actually a picture of the two of us and, and 
such a lovely man. And uh, any man who wears a waistcoat, I'm I'm very very you know, yes. pleased to be associated with. Yes. <laughs> well, Sorry, you can, well, you, you'll here? you'll yes. see some uh, steampunk fashions amidst oh. amidst the Doctor Who, so you'll have many waistcoats. Um, <laughs> cosplay is like a thing of genius. I love it. We used to call it masquerade. Now it mm. now it is cosplay, but um, it has become such an art form. I I am just mind boggled how good some of these Daleks are. And there's, I think you, if you look at the picture, you see this giant, wonderful big adipose walking around. Okay. Did a, a great homemade reproduction of, of, of the robot. There's white robot as well. As, as, um, um, with a, a weeping angel on her back, which I thought was just fantastic. Yes, and uh, an incredible Zygon. I'm going to ask this. Did you see young Amelia Pond from one of the Australian stories, guys? <laughs> no. Many, many Amy's oh. around. Ad, Ad, a lot, a lot of river songs. Adam Purcell from Staggering Stories cosplayed as young Amelia Pond. Uh-oh. <laughs> and Uh-oh. the interact and, 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 and the wig. And the Nobody recognized thing him, is, did they? <laughs> The unfortunate thing is, it's quite scary how well he pulled it off. <laughs> yeah. well, I know he was there, I just didn't, didn't see him. And, and presumably, hundreds it's of Captain Jack. <laughs> yeah. oh. I, I, I'd I, have well, a problem there. I've, I've got it handed to, you mentioning about the couch, yeah. it was, oh, it was yes. the master of the interview, Gary Russell. Um, Joel's these guests, and is a wonderful guest himself. He, he handled many, many of the interviews. But let me get to the one that was, well, a cu- couple yeah. special things I, I saw that were, were kind of amazing. Um, they had, they showed the world premiere of the lost episode of Galaxy 4, Airlock, mm-hmm. with, with the Chumblies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had much laughter, but embraced, and, and it was wonderful seeing that. And... Jason uh, Hay Gallery and Nick Briggs were there, and they played the visual and audio trailer of Light at the End, the 50th anniversary audio, which sounds incredible, which just sounds incredible. Um, Then there was a special message from Stephen Moffat, which is basically not telling us anything, just that wonderful things are in store, et cetera, et cetera. So he was just tight-lipped. But the uh, Freema was, was wonderful, exquisite, and just uh, uh, signed autographs for hours, uh, smiling, being kind to everyone. And that's the thing, too. As long as the autograph lines supposedly were, they weren't that long. You could always get an autograph I you know takes like just a few minutes if, if you time it right but, but I mean it wasn't horrible crowds and people waiting for hours and disruptive the organizational skills were incredible but Sylvester McCoy his panel I, I've seen him other times at the convention but I've never seen anyone do what he did it starts out with Nick Briggs 
and they're on the stage, and Sylvester grabs the microphone, like Phil Donahue, and goes into the audience. And he then spends the next hour or so running to everyone in the audience who's holding up their hands, laughing with them, hugging, giving a couple people kisses, saying, I'm going to get a divorce now, you know. Uh, the most charming, incredible man. I've never seen anybody do this. He was just playing that crowd in the palm of his hand. He's like set the bar, you know, for, for guests at a convention. Um, that's the thing about the non-regimentation. You had Nick Briggs fielding him the questions, are pointing out they were working like a tag team uh, doing the whole thing. And, oh, God, it was incredible. It was incredible. But um, he was uh, just re reminiscing about the show, how much he loves the new show, uh, talking about The Hobbit, and so happy that he's going to be in the next two films. So he's in all three movies, which is fantastic. Um, he... Uh, came out at the beginning of his uh, talk with the two rabbits that I think lead Radagast in the film, and he threw them into the audience, uh, which got thunderous applause. Great applause. But this amazing, charming man. Incredible. Incredible. I, 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 I mean, I, go ahead. I would say there's lots of great guests that you... You, you had this last year, and uh, uh, Mark Strickson, Strickson, and yeah, Mark Strickson was uh, there. Fellow, of course, and yeah. Peter Purves, and, um, Deborah, Deborah Watling, yeah, looking eternally beautiful and wonderful. Um, Fraser Hines, uh, hilarious cut up. Had uh, Ben Browder from uh, Farscape and from Stargate. He was great. Mark Shepard was incredible. He was so much fun. Just talking about all his roles and how much just it was like his dream to be in Doctor Who. Um, June Hudson uh, did her whole panel on uh, her costuming influences, how she did uh, the uh, costuming for the fourth Doctor, uh, scarf design, etc., uh, Ian McNeese oh, is, yeah. is, is <laughs> so much fun. Very off-color a lot of times. A little bit uh, raunchy. Was his language all right? Was he behaving? Cause he can no, he never behaves. That's, that's <laughs> part of it. He never behaves. Never behaves. That, that's what's great about him. Um, Daphne Ashbrook was there. Um, um, Rose's dad. Uh, Pete Sean Dingwell was there. Um, Michael Jaston, the Valyard, uh, uh, was there. Lisa Bowman, who plays yeah, Bernice. Lisa. Yeah, she is there. Nick Briggs. Nick Briggs there. Dan Starkey, uh, Strax. Uh, he's gotten very popular, hasn't he? He, he is, and he's so funny. He's great. Uh, crowds going after him for his autograph. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to make that. He, being a Sontaran, <laughs> cool. He's made it really cool and fun to be a Sontaran. You know, normally um, I'm not not for the, the some of the the, the sticky comedy stuff and that they 
can get get into in the Christmas episodes, but you know, <laughs> he pulled it off. Like she said, you might you might you might need some help. You mean help? You mean a grenade? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they need to sell oh, memory worms. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, the big that thing. memory worm scene. As ridiculously silly as it was, it was. <laughs> he pulled it off and made it work. He really good. I did. He did. He made that work. Yeah. And um, John Noble was there from Fringe and uh, Lord of the Rings. I mean, um, Ashley Eckstein, who does the voice of uh, Asako Tano in Clone Wars, was there. Wonderful Did we mention Nick Briggs? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, Nick, Nick Briggs was there. He's become quite a the staple there, hasn't So he? big with big finish. He's, he's been yeah. in the last, what, three or four? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that, because you're big into comics, obviously, uh, Paul Solomoff was there. Now, we interviewed him a while back. Yeah. He's really big. Do- he, isn't he the guy that um, helped rescue the Eighth Doctor's console? Yeah. Which I yeah. which I played on, which is great. The con- yeah, he has the um, TV movie movie console there. It was in display, and also some of the uh, Enterprise restoration bridge, the chairs, yeah, etc. They were represented yeah. as the con. Yes, I've actually got one of their T-shirts. Yeah, we, uh, we interviewed them. They will tell you what number show because he has that <laughs> in his memory. Well, it was uh, don't wait, it was Hudson. I just got Houston. My it was Houston Huddleston that we Houston interviewed. Huddleston. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, I got my T-shirt the other day. It, it says, uh, Captain, I saved the I saved the bridge. And on the back it says, Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fabulous shirt. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> I have to say, Dave bought it for me. Dave used the money and bought me a T-shirt. Isn't he lovely? <laughs> We'll take, a, we'll take a small break here at the moment to give to give to give uh, Ken a moment to to catch his breath while Dave tells us what he's drinking. Uh, well, I am actually drinking rather predictably. Uh, I'm drinking my uh, Vina Albala Grand Reserva 2006, but it's just it's so lovely. It's got lovely vanilla oak. It's uh, the uh, Tempranillo grape, 14 percent. It's got lovely oak, it's got licorice, it's got spice, and it's uh, really uh, one of my delights to enjoy, quite reasonably priced. Um, I'm actually, uh, of course, on one of my naked wines. Uh, this one's a new, a newbie. It's uh, Kid Sonoma. It's uh, by Ryan, uh, Ryan O'Connell, who um, Dave is actually met. Um, his parents are in a vineyard over in uh, France. Uh, which Naked Wines helped out with. But uh, he's just brought out his, his, his first wine on his own, uh, which is Kids, a Kids Sonoma uh, Pinot Noir. And it's still quite young. Um, it almost feels a little on the effervescent side. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to air it a lot before we started. But um, some definite strawberries in there. And, and yeah, it's it'd be interesting to see how, how it develops. But, yes. Uh, there's see there's your little breather brought to you by the people who drink wine on this podcast because you know um, the studio shows are done kind of like we do the uh, we do the commentaries with wine <laughs> wine it makes the body good yes. <laughs> yeah and that interview with yes, exactly. Houston Huddleston uh, went out on the 26th of September 
2010. We, we've done quite a few interviews. So you're in quite um, illustrious company. Uh, we've uh, interviewed uh, Dr. Rebecca Housel. We interviewed the people from uh, Mythological Dimensions of Doctor Who and Mythological Dimensions of Neil Gaiman. And we interviewed Paul Salamoff on the 25th of June, 2012. So, yeah. And Paul Schoons as well. Um, okay. I'll find the date for that. Mike must be drinking something interesting. You know what? Brace yourself, but... I'm drinking water. Dihydrogen monoxide. <laughs> Breaking news. Ah, God. Where will he stop? Where will he stop? Oh, and I also wanted to add in that um, we interviewed uh, Rachel Bloom. Oh, yeah, that was really your favorite. I got... <laughs> she's... Oh, yes. yes. Her ode to Ray Bradbury. Yes. The ode to Ray Bradbury, as we'll call it. Savage me, Ray Bradbury. Yes. Fanarg. Fanarg. <laughs> yes, Fanarg me, Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Um, which is fabulous. She's actually done uh, quite a number of other things since then. So uh, do look it up, but uh, just be warned that uh, some of her stuff does tend to be um, more in the adult entertainment. Uh, but, yeah, she's fantastically talented. And uh, uh, shout out to Rachel, because I know she listens to everything I do. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly watch all the videos and all that. Videos, yeah. The videos are cute. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we interviewed uh, Paul Schoons on the 18th of uh, October 2010, would you believe? So long ago. Yes. Yes. When we were just young fellows. Yeah, yeah and Rachel Bloom. Well, when, when I was, anyway. <laughs> 25th of August, 2010, was that interview. Just um, after episode 60. So uh, check those out. So uh, You are, as I say, very esteemed in what, uh, company, uh, Ken. Um, so uh, what about, I mean, we, you touched a little bit on this cosplaying thing. What's all this business about this? I don't know, what do you call it when you get, you have, did you have lots of female doctors? And, and, and female Captain Jacks and all this kind of gear. I'll, I, I I'll call basically, it oh well, I'm absolutely, I'm sure. But I mean, I mean, we, we know with, uh, I mean, um, like when Tim's told you, you, you just can't get round all the things that's happening. And quite often, I mean, I mean, do you, this was your first one, as you said, for a long time, just going as a fan. I mean, did that mean you got to see everything you wanted, or? Oh, no, of, uh... you, it, you can't be everywhere at once. And some, something I, I have to say, really a plus to the convention, too, with, with all the matter of attendees, they, I know they did some new things this year. You're in a room that's very packed and you can't get a great seat. They had a big screen in the front and near the back, and they piped up the sound. So you were able to see the stage like a, like a rock concert venue, etc., from every aspect of that room, of the main, uh, the main ballroom. And again, that's really smart ahead thinking with the convention taking that in, into consideration. Um, no, I, I didn't get to see everything I wanted to. I, I wanted to see some of the commentaries. I, I went through some of the big things. I mean, it was, had to, had to see Freema, had to see her, mm -hmm. um, had to see Sylvester. I 
went to Shakespeare panel. Uh, not Shakespeare and Doctor Who, but actors from who did Shakespeare. Had to see that. It was Francis Barber and Michael Jaston, Ian McNeese, Sean Dingwall, Richard Hope, and Nicholas Pegg. And this is interesting. Francis Barber, um, who is in the King Lear that Sylvester McCoy was in, where he played the fool to Ian McKellen's Lear, um, is mounting a production, which is going to be on Broadway, of Julius Caesar. She's playing Caesar, and it's taking place in a woman's prison. I thought that was so wild and what a neat idea, and she was so enthused about that. Um, uh, um, Michael Michael Jaston was, was was just one wonderfully literate. They were talking about all the days. He was talking about working with Olivier and everything. That that was incredible. They had this mega panel with Deborah Watling and Fraser Hines, Peter Purvis, Mark Strickson, Daphne Ashbrook, Sylvester McCoy, and it was moderated by wonderful British comedian Charlie Ross. Oh, yeah, that's him, yeah. And what was so neat, right in the panel, um, they bring out martinis. So it was a bit of James Bond with Doctor Who. So they passed out cocktails to everyone on stage. So Sylvester likes his uh, martinis shaken, not stirred. So <laughs> yeah. it's really, yeah, really Char- good. Charlie Ross is a Scottish comedian and compere, and... Uh, 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 who at the Fab Cafe has been the the compare there and uh, done things like that and uh, so uh, I think he was actually thrilled to go. He's a real, really big uh, Doctor Who fan. I mean, yeah, you know, he, he's a fan uh, almost before he's a performer. Um, were there any podcasting panels this time? Sure, um, I I didn't see the panels, but I I did get to hear uh, Radio Free Scaro do their live broadcast. Uh, Staggering Stories was there. I didn't get to see Tim Drury. I know uh, he was around. I was trying to find him. Uh, 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 Ken? Yes. Uh, and what were you wearing? Uh, uh, I believe you had a bit of a name badge on. Well, name badge, but I wish I had a shirt and big, bold, flashing uh, letters. Yeah. But Ken Barr, Cultum Collective, wore my, wore my affiliation proudly. We're, we're, we're working on um, coming out with T-shirts soon. Yes. And hopefully in time for a, a certain convention that um, if my wife is listening, yeah. I want to go to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, is coming Atlanta, over here Atlanta, for, uh, Atlanta. For yeah. Um, and, uh, the, I wanted to do ribbons, but the, the budget didn't permit. But that that's another great Gallifrey tradition yeah. is the ribbon exchange. Um, you get ribbons sometimes automatically. You get ribbons if you recognize what a costume is, if you answer a question. You know, uh, certain uh, folks only give ribbons to their closest friends. And it becomes like a ribbon scarf on your badge. Small square ribbons that like extend way to the floor. Someone even had a dress almost that looked like it was covered in an entire uh, swash of, of these ribbons. Well, wasn't it young Tommy Knight that uh, that oh, really yeah. uh, jumped into those, I think? Yeah. 
Oh, was, yeah. was this something that started at Galley, the, the whole ribbons thing, oh, or was this something that came over from a different I think town? that's done in other conventions, but this is something that's been a Galley tradition that gets bigger and bigger each year, mm-hmm. and it's really big at, at the lobby con. Um, Gallifrey actually started, the convention starts Friday morning, but this is something else that was very nice. If you go Thursday evening at 6 o'clock, you could pick up your badge and your registration pack and you just enjoy meeting and greeting people in the lobby and you'll see guests. Is there right? And, and um, Radio Free Scarrow was there. Um, Oodcast was there. Um, I think Staggering Stories, I didn't see them, but I, I know they were there, um, etc. Um Two-Minute Time Lord has been there in years before. I know that. Um, um, uh, Dr. Chip, Podshock uh, has represented in previous years. Yeah, that was sad. Um, I, I was exchanging emails with uh, with Lewis only yesterday. I mean, his, his, uh, his nightmare goes on. Hopefully, uh, mm. soon it'll be over. Uh, although, I believe Dan... Ken Deep made it, and he was doing some... Yeah, I, um, I, I saw him. I saw him again. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, because he's, he's, look, he's looking he's, good. Right. And, and let me just uh, segue away from that now, just to give uh, Ken a little bit of a shout-out. The, um, this, uh, they, they're hoping to have their first Long Island Dot 2 convention, because, of course, this, the, the Galley 1 is really suitable for you. I don't know how far you have to travel, Ken, but it's on your coast, isn't it? It's on your side of... Uh, the states. Forty-five. Um, right. Ooh, but, um, you lucky. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's been a long player. while, apparently, since there's been one in uh, around New York. So, this is the Long Island Dot Two convention, and the dates for the first one is the uh, November the eighth to the tenth, two thousand thirteen, and that's uh, Long Island Dot Two dot com. Uh, they mentioned a couple of people. I think. Uh, Ian McNeese is uh, one of them. I can't remember who else they mentioned. Is it uh, Daf- is Daphne Ashbrook? Yes, Daphne Ashbrook, yeah. Fraser Hines, Ian Mac- McNeese, uh, their first three headliners. Wonderful. Uh, Bill, did, was the, going back to um, Gally, uh, the one you went to, was the young Caitlin Blackwood there, the young Amelia Pond, did she make it? Uh, I can't remember. Not this year. Saying. Not this year, but she she's been there. Some someone who did make it a very young star, who's wonderful is Linda Lee Rose. She's like five or six years old, has her own Doctor Who podcast, <laughs> and if anyone has my page, she she has Linda Lee Rose at Gallifrey, and she ran, she ran up to Freema, and. Uh, she asked her a very special question. Knock, knock. Who's there? Doctor. Doctor who? And then she giggled. <laughs> and it's wonderful. If, if you look at uh, my Facebook page that's posted there, it's on YouTube. But uh, YouTube, go and uh, for those that haven't, just Linda Lee, L-I-N-D-A-L-E-E Rose. And you'll see she does a Doctor Who podcast. She uh, reviews things. She thinks Weeping Angels are real scary. 
So do we all. And, uh, you said, Ken, sorry to interrupt, you said, Ken, that you, li you live 45 minutes away. So w w did you just go for the one day or did you oh, no, stay in the hotel I, I or did you I stayed at the trip hotel. back and forth? I stayed at the right. hotel. I did because the whole you, do, do you feel that, uh, I mean, I'm sure obviously people that live locally will go for a one day occasion, but presumably they're missing an awful lot of, of the, you know, the ambience and what, what surrounds the actual panels and so on. You, you need to go for the whole convention. Hmm. It's, it's not a one day convention. There, there's so much, if, if you want to see the videos, if, if you want to, uh, just walk around special panels, if you want to get autographs, if you want to see some of the displays, if you want to see the costuming, and then there's all the, the nighttime uh, festivities, Masquerade, um, Charlie Ross did his one-man show, they have uh, karaoke, um, and in years past, um, they used to have uh, cabarets, you know, at times, and, uh, oh, you know, I believe so. those were uh, great. Those were John Pertwee was supposed to be. Did, did, wasn't the story that when uh, when, when they, 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 they had that sort of night, nobody wanted to go on after John Pertwee because he was so, so, mm -hmm. so brilliant? <laughs> yeah, but he was. He was. But um, glad, got to, glad got to meet him. Glad he came to our first uh, gallery. Right. But, um, uh, let me just ask one more question, and then I'll ask if Mike wants to, to come in with a question. I mean, um, I know the, the guys at Radio Free Scar are very confident, but um, even they must have been... I mean, that's a vast hall that they now have to fill. As you mentioned, I mean, they've they moved some of the into the big rooms. Um, and, and perhaps, actually, I'm going to change my question because I've suddenly realised that you, you said that you went all the, the years to the actual um, dealer's room, as it were. Yes. C can you just lay, lay out what, what's that like? I mean, is that... Uh, I mean, are there unusual bargains? Are basically everybody selling DVDs and, well, and signed um, autographs? Sort of thing? Well, you... Um, okay. I'm, I had, when I, when I was doing it, I had like about five tables. And my mix was was eclectic. I'd have wide selection of Doctor Who toys, general books, then books you wouldn't find normally, books from Telos, uh, from Hearst Press, uh, small press Doctor Who, um, older books. Then I'd have a lot of film books, you know, books on fantasy films, Hammer films, uh, Godzilla movies, Forey Ackerman, uh, film fantasy, vampires, all of that. I'd have giant selection of like Doctor Who magazines going back to maybe the beginning, uh, Dreamwatch, I mean, DWB magazine. Um, I'd have, well, with different little teddy bears with scarves, um, keychains, etc. Then you have you wouldn't have a lot of replication, because a lot of dealers. I was very heavy in, into books. Someone else would be majority into toys, and then you'd have someone that actually represented Big Finish. So they'd have like all the Big Finish audios, mm 
uh, right. that were there. Then they would have people selling jewelry. Um, others would have, they had someone doing Doctor Who nesting dolls, the Russian nesting dolls <laughs> that were handmade. Um, they had those. Uh, then some years you had people that were uh, selling reproductions of, of, of swords and, and axes, etc. cetera. Uh, then then um, lot, lots of different things. You wouldn't find a, a lot of DVDs. You wouldn't find the things that you'd just generally find in a store or if you got Amazon. You'd have things that were a little rare, a little harder to get, you know, to make, to make it uh, much more enjoyable. And uh, the room was bigger this year. Uh, they were able to expand. But the thing is, there were a lot of different exhibit rooms. I mean, the main room maybe uh, housed about 1,500 people, but they, they'd have smaller, they'd have the, the video rooms, uh, then they would have um, I said, where rooms that would have maybe about three or 400 people in them, like the ones where I love uh, the one on Shakespeare. Then they'd have programs that they would talk about, you know, uh, the monster, the mo- like Deborah Watling and Fraser Hines, where Gary Russell would talk about uh, Doctor Who and the monsters. They'd have one TV in the fan community. Uh, behind the camera, Lisa Bowerman, one on uh, Telos Publishing with like David Howe and Sam Stone. Then in a different program room, you'd have Jane Hudson, you'd have uh, design and illustration, you'd have IDW Comics the artists and writers of uh, the Star Trek Doctor Who comic and the new comic series, um, which is going on now, which is great. Every issue is a different doctor and a different cover. It's, it, it's really nice. So uh, there's always something to see. The, the main ballroom has the big guns, but you're able to then see more specialized programming in, in the other rooms. So there's always something to do. The entire um, convention area was taken up with, with our convention. They even had to extend it to an, the upstairs level for some autographs and some display areas, too. Brilliant. So, um, uh, I'll go to Mike next, but just to say that um, I was just checking on the site they don't seem to have the photo gallery up for this year yet, but uh, you can see, um, you know, uh, photographs from Catch 22 and Blackjack 21 and uh, 20 to Life and uh, 19th Symphony. The, those are the early ones. Mm-hmm. So um, let's let's just go to Mike. We're we're probably getting near to the end now because uh, we've uh, uh, we've pressed on you so much. But I've really enjoyed listening. Uh, so um, yeah. um, we'll go to Mike, and then I'm sure Ian will have a final question. Well, Mike's audio has just had to drop off in that that point. Uh, oh. I think I think he's <laughs> I think he's thumbing I think he's thumbing the lift to galley as we speak. <laughs> yeah. he, no, he's going to brush up on his karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a little side question. Um, as far as karaoke goes. Do they get people ad-libbing karaoke and and filking? <laughs> what? Um, no, this was pretty. 
much is, is, to a book. Is Bill King not allowed? Is there a sign on the way in? No, King, please. I, I'm <laughs> probably in the hallways. You could do whatever you want. And they have room parties and licentiousness yeah. uh, at the pool. You know, they they I. If you see I just wonder if it was if it was strictly strictly karaoke karaoke or whether there's liberty. Uh, I, I, I think I think for the sake of all the people, the amounts it was just karaoke from the list they had, right. and suggestions for next year of what you'd like on the list. Now is, it, is the karaoke entertainment done by uh, somebody available through the hotel, or is it is it done? It's by done the someone with itself? the convention who um, has the oh, list okay. and so it's a, done okay. for love. It's it's yeah. And not the hotel. A lot of William Shatner pieces, then. <laughs> <laughs> Pack my bag. I know what you'll do, Ian. You, you'll Zero just hour. like Bilbo Baggins. I am. <laughs> Got to do that Leonard Nimoy Bilbo Baggins. Got to do that. Um, oh, this, some interesting people that were there that was just a thrill. Uh, Dick Mills talk uh, all the years was working with the radiophonic workshop that that was just fantastic and uh having uh saw metstein there was so great from the recent series but uh freema was the first of the new who guests that the conventions had yeah, I was quite surprised that uh, that uh, Freeman was there, and it's like, wow, that's kind of a, a, a score to get a a current series companion. But but the thing is, look, and this is going to happen on uh, because things happen in life. Uh, Derek right. Jacoby and Arthur Darville were supposed to be there, right? Of and course, they, yeah. and they canceled. Um, that you know, they they were supposed to be there also. Now, so, if, if after the, the reason for Arthur Darfield not being there was to do with the new series that he's involved with. I think he might have been filming Paradise Towers about then, Ian. Uh, uh, the, the, the one about the store, not Paradise Towers, what am I talking about? That's Doc yeah. 2 has come yeah. again. <laughs> where, where, <do> <laughs> the, the, one, the Paradise, he was in that one about the store where he played this quite nasty person, a barber, in that. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I know he's also in Broadchurch as well, so I wasn't sure if that was, because uh, I know that starts soon, but I wasn't sure if it was, you know, the first episode and they're still filming the rest, so. Uh, and Derek Jacobi's filming a uh, 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 series he did with Ian McKellen. Uh, yes, there was a wedding at uh, Galley this year, too. Uh, Stephen Chavansky from uh, Radio Free Scarrow got married at Galley. This yes, year. yes. Just fantastic. Well, a little sad for me, but, you know. <sighs> No, I didn't, I didn't know it was him. I, I must have. I'm, I mean, I've listened to quite a few of the uh, radio free. I didn't know that he. he oh, excellent! Mm-hmm. He's been with her for, for 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 quite a while, as far as I know. I mean, I'm not I'm not friends with Stephen by any means, but um, I met Chris. Uh, uh, so it was kind of a neat thing to 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 get married at Galley. Yeah. You know, no, this this is something interesting about U.S. Like, fandom. There, yeah. Arthur Arnold Blumberg was there who's worked with David Howe in a number of oh, books, yeah. Howe's Transcendental Toy Box, and done books himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's working on a book uh, with Sean Lyon and some others they're editing called Red, White, and Who, which is going to uh, well, uh, premiere next year in November, I think it is, which is a story of uh, U.S. Uh, Doctor Who fandom. 
So that that should be something worth looking into and being uh, really enjoyable for listeners. Uh, it's going to premiere. The current, he's the current custodian of of what used to be Gallifrey Base, correct? Arnold, Mr. Blomberg is now the the, the curator of. It used to be Gallifrey Base, and it's now now was it? Well, um, I was used to have the outpost Gallifrey, now it's Gallifrey. <laughs> the message board. Yeah. 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 Got him the wrong way around. There you yeah. go. Sean ran for many years. Uh, it's at what I like to call the sister convention of Gallifrey, Chicago TARDIS, mm. that happens in Chicago every year on Thanksgiving, which is also a quite excellent convention. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go to, too. Yeah, I mean, this so lot, my, I mean, my, uh, my, 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 my uh, next door, maybe last. Oh, he's always interrupting me, yes. I, can't get I think we've got a time well. delay here because we are catching over one another. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. There seems to be a time delay. We seem to be running over the top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> can't get a word in there, I to tell you. I mean, this whole interview, I haven't been able to say a dang thing. <sighs> Okay. Sit back here and be quiet. <laughs> so I guess my ne- next big question is, considering the fact that Colin Baker is going to be there next year, and that I'm kind of been um, wearing my knees out by by pleading to my wife uh, to let me go, um, as I've as I've stated before, the big problem with going there now is that you know my children are now into Doctor Who, and not everybody wants to go. I would have been better off saying, no, you can't watch Doctor Who. It's mine or mine. You just stay over there. <laughs> um, but so if I do have to go, are you going next year, Ken? Oh yes, that is my plan. Now, are Excellent. you going to go as a um, a guest, or do you think you might be going back into the dealer room? I think I'm going to go as a guest again. I it I think so many years as being a dealer, um, I want to just enjoy. I want to. You just must miss out on a heck of a lot being a dealer because. I mean, the, the preparation is, is yeah. so much. I, I loved doing it because it, it was such a pleasure seeing everyone and it, it's See, not about the bus making people happy and all that. Yeah. But I, mean, the preparation I, mean, I guess is, as a dealer, at the, you, you, you get to, in a way, you get to see everybody at the convention because at some time or other, everyone passes through the dealer's room because you've got to go look. You've got to go see. Yeah, they come got, to you. They've got that one thing, and everybody will pass through. I guess even the 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 the, the cast and, and 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 crew of the show probably come through at some point just to see what you know, yeah. what their face is on, or what they might have touched that's that's now you know part of somebody's sales table, you know. Um, but I suppose on the flip side of that, you're no longer trapped behind a table, and you're able to go yeah. to the panel you want when you want. And 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 and, and kick know, back or whatever. Go to the table that they're signing at, and, and, and just relax and not have to worry. Well, you know, I could get back to the table because I've left, you know, this sixteen-year-old running the register. <laughs> I found that especially acute this year, because much of the autograph signing was in the dealers' room. So, where I normally would have my tables, if I'd look across, mm. there'd be Sylvester and Ian McNeese. At another table, I'm, I'm sure it was wonderful uh, company. They used to have their own store in the UK, Tenth Planet. Mm. Um, they'd have Deborah Watling. They'd have Mark Strickson, uh, Francis Barber, etc. 
So you'd have a lot of people signing there. So it automatically would be, oh, there's Sylvester McCoy walking by my table. Hi, 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 Sil. You know, how are you doing? You know, and that's nice. You know, you give up some things to gain some things. Right. Um, it just gets to a point that after so many years, and even though I, I, have, I have such a youthful heart, the body after a while says, oh, those big boxes. Oh, where are you going to put all these toys? Yeah. If I do this, yeah. I won't have enough energy for karaoke this evening. Yeah. Yeah. So... We will if if I do get out there, we will have to come up with a duet, sir. Okay. And I would say try and do a day or so early, whatever to take the family uh, to Disneyland. Yeah. Well, I've got Disney World right up the road. That we do yet. Well, that's true. <laughs> you Florida guy. I'm right, I'm right down the street from Orlando, and we still have, we've only been to Epcot. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, what am I saying? But actually, we were <laughs> we were out there about what it, it seems like a short time ago but we my parents came over from uh, New Zealand and they took us we went to they wanted to go to um, Las Vegas and we went there and then we went to LA and we because they wanted to take uh, Liam to Disneyland but I think he must have been three or four at the time so that was what 10 years ago <laughs> so we were out there uh, it's the second time I've been to, 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 to Disneyland actually I was out there when I was 10 I think we're probably going to have to uh, wrap this yes. up as much as we've enjoyed talking with you. Um, can, uh, can I? I just ask you. I mean, uh, is there, is have you still got an online presence in terms of your dealership? And do you want to share that uh, with our listeners or not? I well, I don't have a website, but it's it's Ken's Corner USA, and you can contact me on Facebook. Or by email, Kenneth Barr, nine two seven nine at sbcglobal.net. I get a new Doctor Who books and the toys, and can find different goodies, everything. But it's just pared down. Send me a list of um, of, of of what uh, Colin Baker items you have, please. As Matt rejoins us. Mike, you're back. Hi, Mike. It's about time. Yes, I am. I'm back on audio. (laughs) Missed you. (laughs) We we were just bringing it to a close, but if you've got any questions that was on your lips, I'm sure Ken wouldn't mind answering one more, and then we'll wrap up. Well, you've pretty much discussed everything that I could think of to ask. And it's no Calfrey one. It's a convention that I I would like to go to someday. Someday, when... When I'm able to, it's the the thing that we've been discussing on Coldham Collective, especially in like our pre-show chats here for the studio things, is you know one year the three of us, Ian, Dave, and I will make it to the same Gallifrey One convention, and just that would be fun. Just, it, it, it's a convention that I would like to go to someday. Yeah, I'm just thinking I might have to uh, export some British soil in my coffin to lay it on, you know. <laughs> Excellent. No, you'll be there. We're gonna get you into karaoke, sir. Yeah. Something I something I, I did want to say that's wonderful is the charitable aspect of the convention. Um, always have a blood drive every year. Excellent. And this year, it's 
the Bob May Memorial Charity Auction, Bob May, who is the robot from Lost in Space, mm-hmm. was a wonderful cornerstone of our convention for many years, and he sadly passed away. And the charity is always named for him, the auction. And this year it was for Alex's Lemonade Stand, Foundation for Childhood Cancer, and made a tremendous amount of money uh, this year for that worthy cause. So that's really nice. Donations from fans, um, Doctor Who and sci-fi items. And that was really a fantastic thing. I'm especially fond of the fact that they do a blood drive, as I'm a blood donor. Actually, I give platelets twice, uh, every two every two weeks. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yep. Well, they will want your blood, yes. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> Just could you, you said you were going to remind us, Ken, uh, when the tickets were going on sale yes. for Gallifrey 1 for the 14th to the 16th of February 2014. Yes, Gallifrey won 25 glorious years. Online registration is going to open Friday, March 8th, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. It's $80 for the full weekend for adult, $35 full weekend age 12 to 16, and kids under 12 free. And under 12 is... Uh, must pre-register. Um, there, there usually is a sliding scale. You know, after certain dates it goes up, etc. This year, no, it's just eighty dollars. That's it. And my only caveat is, if everyone's thinking of going, don't wait, because this is the first. Because of all the buzz and the disappointment of people that weren't able to get in. I, I don't think it's going to be anything like San Diego Con, which sold out in 15 minutes, but I would say make sure you're there the first day to get your tickets and also to check um, when the convention rate for the Los Angeles Airport Marriott uh, also will be offered online because that's normally about $200 to $240 per night for the room. The convention rate is 100 So it's really important to get that convention rate right. when you're doing the whole convention. Wow. So that's yeah. uh, next Friday, March 8th. And I, I cannot recommend, more than recommend this convention. It, if you love Doctor Who and just love the shared joy of being with friends, uh, who love what you love, there's no better uh, way to spend Valentine's weekend. It's Doctor Who. It's romantic and wonderful. <laughs> so there. Excellent. Well, we have to thank you so very much, Ken, for uh, spending some time with us. One My pleasure. And, uh, and, and extolling the virtues of Galley. Not that we need much convincing, but <laughs> it's always nice to hear uh, a different person's take. We did actually uh, interview... Um, uh, Louis Trapani about uh, the convention uh, a few years back when we were quite fully charged to go, but yeah. unfortunately life got in the way of that. Um, yeah, with James, that was with James Norton as well. Was, with James. James? James? It was James and Lewis. Oh, I don't know. My memory's going. Yep. We're surprised, remember, we were interviewing 
James, and then uh, we got uh, Lewis to come in and surprise him. See, 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 I just ruined the surprise for everybody who hasn't got caught up on our show. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, I didn't because they're all... If they, never mind. <laughs> I've had too much wine and time to wind down the show. But again, thank you, Ken, for, for, um, for talking to us about Galley. Um, thank you. As, as I said earlier, uh, all the other conventions have, have, have been there. We haven't been there, but we've got somebody who has. And it's Cuddly Ken. So it's better than that. Thank you. All right. So I don't know if he's if he's listened to how we usually close out these shows, but hopefully this won't take him too much by surprise. All right. Until next time, it's goodbye from Mr. Cuddly Ken. Goodbye from Ian, the sixth oh, doctor. Goodbye from Mike. <laughs> See, I did. I did. I, 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 I really landed a minute. Well, you know, you know, he hasn't got the karaoke words in front of him. <laughs> it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. It's goodbye from Davey you, AC. You help me, I'll sing the words. And it's goodbye from me and the sixth doctor. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, I suppose we had to play the outro, huh? Pre-planning. Who needs it? Yeah, you dropped the ball right at the end there. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.